Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the kickoff brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and foot model, Brendan Tuma. It is the Friday morning edition of the kickoff, which means it's time to talk about four players I am higher on than our expert consensus rankings and four players that I am lower on. Now, I'm recording this in the middle of the Washington football team versus New York Giants game, so I'm not going to comment on anything there. But you can check out Dan and Kyle in the morning over on the Fantasy Pros football podcast for my detailed thoughts on what went on there. Now, before we get into it, people have left a lot of really, really incredible reviews for this show on Apple Podcasts in particular. And First of all, I just want to express my appreciation for it. I like doing the show. I'm glad some people are finding it useful. The reviews really help us out a lot. It helps the show grow. If you are at all enjoying this, if you could leave a review, that's fantastic. And if you do, you should be entered into our signed Stefan Diggs helmet giveaway. If you leave a review, just go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff. Again, the review has to be either on Apple Podcast or CastBox. But go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff put in your entry, and we will randomly pick a winner at the end of the month. And an entry into any contest gets you an automatic entry into all future contents. Also, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash fantasypros, counts as three additional entries. Also, let's talk very quickly about TickPick and winning a season ticket package to your favorite team worth $3,000 and how you have to go to TickPick when you want seats. It's ridiculous to not do it. TickPick is the original no-fee ticket site. They have teamed up with Zip, the buy now, pay later service provider, and they are giving away five huge season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season. They're going to do a random drawing every single month from now until February, pick one lucky winner each month for 2022 season tickets to their favorite NFL team. I mean, this is a no-brainer. It takes nothing to enter. Just go to TickPick.com slash pros. That's T-I-C-K. P-I-C-K slash pros. All right, before we talk about some of my rankings, let's run through some big news items from yesterday. Bucks coach Bruce Arians said that the running back trio of Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and Gio Bernard are, quote, all starters, which is weird because he had previously called Ronald Jones the starter earlier this week. I don't really care what comes out of the mouth of Bruce Arians at this point, other than I can tell you that Gio Bernard is not one of the starters on this team. He's the third down back. Regardless, you can't trust either Jones or Fournette. We knew that really coming into the year. We certainly know that now. Even if one of them gets the starting job, one fumble and they're out. So look, if you absolutely have to start one of these guys, if you are in an absolute pinch, go ahead. They're against Atlanta. One of them will probably do okay. But for the most part, you just kind of want to avoid both of them. Right now, I have Leonard Fournette at RB31 and Ronald Jones at RB40. I am not looking to start either one of them. The Ravens promoted Devonta Freeman from the practice squad, and he is reportedly going to play this weekend against the Chiefs. I'm going to leave this because I want to talk about Tyson Williams, who I have a little different in my rankings than consensus. Josh Jacobs didn't practice again with ankle and toe injuries. I expect him to play right now against the Steelers, but realistically, he's not somebody who I want to start. He is RB29 for me. You're probably locked into starting him if you drafted him, but given the injury, Given the tough matchup, I'm trying to avoid him if I can. Marquise Brown did not practice with his ankle injury. This is a little concerning here because this popped up. And again, Brown had a great game against the Raiders. He was heavily involved. 
The Chiefs generally limit wide receivers, but still Brown should get some run as he was really the main option right there in the passing game with Mark Andrews not having a giant outing or anything like that. We need to monitor this closely. For now, I'm still expecting Brown to play, and I would probably start him as a low-end wide receiver three, high-end flex. Eric Ebron was added to the Steelers injury report on Thursday because he didn't practice due to a hamstring issue. Now, Pat Fryermuth ran 12 routes last week compared to 17 for Ebron. You don't want either one of these guys, even in tight end premium leagues for right now, though Fryermuth is a very interesting dynasty candidate. Jameson Crowder returned from the reserve COVID list, but he was still limited on Thursday with a groin injury. You do not want to go anywhere near Jameson Crowder this week against the Patriots if he suits up. Will Fuller was absent from Dolphins practice, but it apparently was not injury related. I don't know what this is. I'm going to assume it was a personal day and not something nefarious or bad or anything that he's going to get disciplined for. Right now, I have Fuller at wide receiver 40. I expect him to help the Dolphins offense, but it is a tough matchup against Buffalo. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to reportedly try and rehab without needing surgery. Okay, good luck to him. We all love him. But realistically, I think you've seen the last of Fitz as an effective quarterback for most of this season. Duke Johnson was released from the Jaguars practice squad. Now, there was a 50-50 way that this could go when he was signed. First, he would never get off the practice squad, or second, he would be promoted to the big club, and he would take over as the lead back, rushing for two touchdowns and 140 yards in a matchup where no one started him. Turned out to be the former, so we can move on. All right, let's talk about four players that I'm higher on than our expert consensus rankings before we get to four that I'm lower on. Number one who I'm higher on is Elijah Mitchell. I have him ranked 19th at running back, and our consensus has him 25th against the Eagles. Now, realistically, who the heck knows exactly what is going to happen here? Trey Sermon is certainly going to be active. He's going to get some work. But it's really hard to believe that a guy who had the performance that Mitchell did last week, especially with Kyle Shanahan making Sermon inactive in the game, is suddenly going to get pushed aside. Now, the Philly defense looked good, I admit, and they do have a decent front. But it's hard to know if last week was just Atlanta being really terrible or Philadelphia being really good. And remember, although Mike Davis was bottled up pretty well, Cordero Patterson rushed seven times for 54 yards. So I'm not really willing to call this a lockdown run defense just yet. Now, Mitchell got nearly all of the running back touches for San Francisco last week, and yet he's being ranked outside of RB2 range. I don't really understand that. He's 19th for me, as I said. I'm starting him over Miles Gaskin and over Melvin Gordon and over others in that range who are being ranked ahead of him. Another player I am higher on is Jarvis Landry, who I have ranked 25th at wide receiver versus 32nd for the consensus. My guess is this is probably going to move closer to where I have him as rankers adjust their projections to account for the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. has already been declared out and is not going to suit up for this game against Houston. Now, Andrew Erickson mentioned this on our Wednesday Start Sit show on the Fantasy Pros football podcast. He was also fading Landry, as was I again, until Odell Beckham Jr. was out. Now, this was not a good matchup for Landry at first, which is why Andrew and I were both probably out on him. He was going to go up against Desmond King. He's one of the better slot corners, even on a terrible defense like Houston. But now, without Odell Beckham Jr., Landry's probably going to work a little more outside as opposed to just staying in the slot. That's going to bump him up their rankings. Again, this is not a crazy game. He is 25th for me. That's still only a borderline wide receiver two, more like a high-end wide receiver three. But it is higher than our consensus rankings. 
And number three, I said I was going to talk about Tyson Williams. I am going to talk about Tyson Williams. He is 23rd in consensus. I have him 20th against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, remember, he got the majority of the snaps on Monday night and had a very productive game, 9 for 65 with the touchdown on the ground. Plus, by the way, he factored into the passing game, four catches for 29 yards. Yes, I understand. He wasn't great in pass protection at the very end of that game. Yes, the Ravens are planning to activate Devonta Freeman and possibly Le'Veon Bell, for all I know. They may have four running backs going, but again, they're going to want to run in this game, okay, against Kansas City. They're going to want to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. And I just refuse to buy that Devonta Freeman and or Le'Veon Bell is going to come in here and take away snaps from a guy who clearly looks to be, at this stage of their careers, a superior runner. So I am starting Tyson Williams, and I'm not all that concerned about it. Finally, the last guy I'm higher on than consensus is Mike Williams. I have him 23rd. He is 27th in consensus at wide receiver, taking on the Dallas Cowboys. So this is not without risk. Let's make that clear. Dallas does give up a ton of points to receivers. Yeah, but they're really much more vulnerable against the slot. That benefits Keenan Allen, not Mike Williams. Yes, they're not exactly locked down against wide receivers generally. And yes, we saw Bucks receivers go off last week, except one, and that one was Mike Evans. Now, why did Mike Evans not go off? Well, first of all, he's volatile, so that happens. But also, he was shadowed by Trayvon Diggs. Now, we don't know what is going to happen here, but it's likely that Diggs is going to try to take Williams out of this game. And Diggs is really, really good. He has the ability to potentially shut down a receiver like Williams. So there is risk. But first, I don't know for sure that Diggs is going to shadow Mike Williams. He could slide over and take Allen at times. And second, either way, I just don't let cornerback matchups completely dictate what I'm going to do with a player. I faded certain guys like last week with Allen Robinson for sure. But overall, I'm going to trust my evaluation of the talent. And right now, so long as Williams is healthy, my evaluation of his talent is that he is going to mash in a shootout. All right, four players I am lower on, and it starts with Joe Burrow, who I have ranked 17th at quarterback, and our expert consensus ranking has ranked at 13th at Chicago. He looked very good in the first game against Minnesota. I admit he hung in there. He took five sacks. He delivered some really good throws, but he was slow to get up in the fourth quarter a little bit. He was seen riding the bike on the side for a while, and he's now talking about the fact that his knee is really sore. Now, the Bears defense obviously did not shut down QBs last year or Matthew Stafford in this first game here, but they are going to get pressure, certainly against that Bengals offensive line, and especially with their home opener where they're going to have a fired up crowd. For me, this is not one where I want to roll him out there if I can stream another viable option. And for me, those viable options are actually guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Jameis Winston, and perhaps even Teddy Bridgewater. Another guy I'm fading a little bit is Kareem Hunt, who I have ranked at 25th versus Consensus, who has him at 20th. My guess is that Hunt is going to end up a few spots higher once all is said and done, and I do my projection sweep with all the latest news on Saturday night. It is a great matchup against Houston, where the Browns are favored by 12 and a half points. They're going to run a ton. And Hunt got nine touches for 61 yards and a score last week and played almost as many snaps as Chubb. He also got a goal line carry. He also converted it, so he scored that touchdown. But very quickly, close your eyes. How many times has Kareem Hunt topped 65 total yards in his last 10 games dating back to last year? The answer, a John Blutarski-esque zero point zero. He needs a touchdown to be an RB2. Is he going to get one here? 
his chances aren't bad. I mean, I can't deny that. The Texans allowed the most rushing touchdowns to running backs last year. They're still terrible this year, but I'm just uncomfortable betting on the touchdown when I can start other guys in that range. I'm personally starting Mitchell, who I mentioned earlier, Miles Gaskin over him. I admit the latter is close, but again, for right now, I'm fading Kareem Hunt just a little bit, given where ECR has him. Next up, let's talk about James Robinson, who I have ranked at RB33, and consensus for some reason has him ranked at RB27. I refuse to defend a low ranking of James Robinson, and this is coming from a guy who was slightly higher than consensus on him last week. What in the world is James Robinson doing at 27? I mean, he's at 33 by default, because I at least know he's going to get some touches, but Jacksonville has a super low implied total here. They have a tough matchup against Denver, and he's not even the lead running back on his team. So we're just starting him over Javante Williams in that same game over Jamal Williams against Green Bay. To quote Seinfeld, this is like that Twilight Zone episode where the guy wakes up and he's the same, but everyone else is different. Which one? Ah, they were all like that. Just don't start James Robinson. Finally, let's stick with the Jaguars and talk about LaVisca Chenault. I have him at 46, the wide receiver. Consensus has him at 37. Now, Chenault was good last week, but that was against the Texans. And also Marvin Jones and DJ Chark factored in heavily. So it's not like he's suddenly the focal point of this offense. The Broncos are pretty good generally against wide receivers, but they are beatable on the perimeter. Bryce Callahan, however, is really, really good in the slot. The Broncos entirely took away slot wide receivers last year, so I don't expect Chenault to have a huge game here. I'm avoiding him in this matchup, and I would start someone like Jacoby Myers or even Marquise Brown, assuming that he's healthy, over him. And that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com slash pros, where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K slash pros. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your weekend of football. I'll talk to you again on Monday. <laughs>